Hello, welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. Rick, this is the week that Donald Trump turned the world order upside down, is it not? I think that is a fair assessment. Uh, it, from from NATO through the UK and now on to his meeting with Vladimir Putin, this is Trumpism on full display, and it is an upending of of uh, basically every norm and and expected alliance that we've seen dominate uh, on the world stage for the last what sixty years or so. You know me well. You know that I avoid hyperbole. Right. Uh, you know that if anything, I downplay the significance of what is happening and. You know, all that kind of stuff. Honestly, we've never seen in our lifetimes a visit of a president of the United States uh, to Europe, to anywhere in the world that's been quite as just, uh, help me with a word. What is it? <laughs> I mean, mind-blowing, world-shaking, earth-shattering. So we, we thought we were kind of blown away by what happened in Brussels at the NATO meeting when the president started out the gentle, nice, welcoming breakfast uh, by going after Germany and going after NATO and telling the Germans that they were totally under the control of Russia. We thought that was pretty crazy. But I think that we've now, the president's now outdone himself. So the president goes to the United Kingdom, has a meeting with Theresa May, the embattled prime minister of, uh, of Great Britain, and kind of almost literally on the way to the meeting, does an interview with the Sun newspaper, which is, you know, London's answer to the New York Post, I suppose, right? right? Tabloid, yeah. Um, and uh, both Murdoch uh, publications. And I am, a, I am a Post alumnus. I am not disparaging anything here. Uh, trust me. Uh but he does a, an interview that is scheduled to be a 10-minute interview and ends up being almost a half an hour. And he goes off on Theresa May. It, and it is astounding. Just before the meeting. So, so John, we, we get used to so can much. Can you give me a parallel? Can, uh, love Actually. I think this, this side of that movie, we haven't seen tension in this relationship like this. What's, you, 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 you'd have referred to her as... Embattled, she's hanging on by her fingernails to her very government. Things are in collapse. She is in meltdown mode over Brexit and how to deal with it. And, the and one of the people that's been trying to push her over the edge is her erstwhile foreign minister Boris Johnson, who left in a huff, in you know, because uh, to, 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 he was unhappy with her plan on how to consummate the Brexit. And in this interview, and I think that we have one guy, by the way, that's going to explain all this to us, who is about to join us on the line here, who. Uh, has spent the last, like, half decade in, in, in London, okay? And, John, we're going to be talking to Terry Moran in a couple of moments. He's joining us uh, from his hotel room uh, so that you're going to you know, be on a cell phone connection uh, as he joins us during this live event because there's just so much going on in just every neck of the world. So, essentially, comes about as close as you can get to endorsing Boris Johnson for prime minister. Says he would make a, a terrific prime minister. And he just finished a press conference where he reiterated that even as he... You know, tried to walk back a lot of the uh, the criticism of of um, of Theresa May in that interview, but I'm trying to think of a parallel, and I bet Terry Moran can answer because he knows American politics as well as he knows British politics. What what would what would the what would the counter what would it be for a foreign leader to come here and give an interview and in, and say who would be a terrific president? I mean, what 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 would be the equivalent breach of diplomatic? 
Protocol. Terry Moran joining us from London. The equivalent, the only thing, you know, I, I remember when, uh, and John, of course, and Ricky remember when Benjamin Netanyahu, without telling the Obama White House, accepted an invitation to speak before a joint session of Congress to warn America about what he saw as the perils of the Iran nuclear deal. That was certainly a, a, a breach of, of protocol, yes. it, it seems to me, an intrusion. Now, he would have said, because it matters to our security so much, but uh, that would have been a problem. Even during our Civil War, the British were very, were very careful about, you know, coming in on the side of the Confederacy. They wanted the Confederacy to win, uh, but it, it, was, it wasn't that long. But it, it was definitely a breach of protocol. It's just uh, the whole country, you could hear the jaw drop when that, when that interview hit the streets and the streets. So, Terry, let, let's just play a, a, quick, a quick bite from that interview uh, asked about uh, the Brexit issue. This is what the president had to tell the Sun newspaper. I would have done it much differently. Uh, I actually told Theresa May how to do it, but mm-hmm. she didn't agree with She didn't listen to me. So that is the softest of soft spots in Theresa May's government right now, how to handle Brexit. And the president walked back parts of this, and the White House says there'll be a full transcript coming. They're saying it's fake news, but there it is on tape that the president says, I told Theresa May how to do it. She didn't agree with me. She didn't listen to me. Terry, how is that? How can you read that as anything other than a rebuke to Theresa May on this issue that has bedeviled her... uh, her prime ministership. I mean, how they're they're trying to deal with this Brexit issue that split the country in half, split her own cabinet in half, and to get that kind of public advice, I just can't imagine that being helpful. Well, Brexit is the most complicated and really the most important thing that Britain has tried in decades. It's like a constitutional amendment plus a complete reorganization of your economic policy, all wrapped in one. And in some ways, the only reason Theresa May is surviving as prime minister right now is because no one else wants this job. Nevertheless, I think a lot of people found what President Trump said humiliating. And if anything, it might redound to her benefit, people kind of rallying around her. There's really nobody else who wants the job right now, except maybe Boris Johnson. So, so Terry, that Sun interview had so much that was extraordinary. There was, you know, obviously what he said about Theresa May not taking his advice on, on how to do Brexit. There was the over-the-top criticism of the mayor of London. There was his uh, advice on immigration to all of all of Europe. But, but that... What was amazing is watching the president come out to his joint press conference, which, by the way, I've covered a lot of these. You have as well. I've never seen a uh, a joint press conference with a foreign leader where they decided to take four questions from each side. <laughs> Eight questions. Four they really four. wanted to – it was clear to me the president wanted to do a little bit or the president's team wanted to have a little bit of damage control out there to, you know, try to try – to, act as if he was not really criticizing uh, Theresa May. But listen to what he said in the press conference about Boris Johnson. How would he be as a prime minister? He'll be a great prime minister. He's been very nice to me. He's been saying very good things about me as president. I think he thinks I'm doing a great job. He will be a great prime minister. (laughs) Presuming that he will become the prime minister. This is unbelievable. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, would would this be like, uh, you know, David Cameron coming over here in the months or the weeks before the 2012 election and talking about how great Mitt Romney was. I mean, it would be actually more of a, it's more of a breach than that because this is not simply a political opponent of Theresa May, but this is, this is, this is somebody who has just betrayed 
Theresa May and is actively, you know, trying to bring down her government, except for the possibility, as you said, that maybe the, even not even Boris Johnson wants this job right now. It, it was shocking. And, 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 and that head spinning turnaround, I, I think it's we can't imagine it as Americans. So Donald Trump comes and he says, your prime minister is doing this wrong. And by the way, I like this other guy. You can't imagine the power of that, really. We can't because we're Americans. It's not just a foreign leader. It's the most powerful foreign leader. And one of the things I've noticed, he is he uses his mercurial personality. He deploys it in a way, part of the art of the deal. One of the things I noticed with these foreign leaders is they, they don't know how to handle them. And for all that he tore NATO apart for a day until once again turning around on a dime, and here as well, no one can stand up to him. I think in part they can't figure him out. That's part of his strategy. But also, if you alienate this president of the United States, he can harm your people. He might slap a 100% tariff on the most important export you've got to the United States. I mean, if he gets displeased at you. Look what he's saying about the mayor of London or the chancellor of Germany. It's uh, he's got an enormous amount of power, which is personalized, and which you have to watch out for. There's nobody that an American has to feel that way about in the world. And, and Rick, it, it is amazing, isn't it, that, to, to Terry's point, we, we've seen, obviously, the, the mayor of London has thrown all kinds of bombs uh, uh, Trump's way. But in terms of the, the heads of state that he has dealt with, they, they do treat him with kid gloves. Yeah. I mean, we had... Macron came out after the NATO thing and said, "No, we're not increasing anything because of Trump. We, what, you know, there, 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 there's nothing. You know, kind of took issue with kind of the factual basis of what Trump was saying, but nobody, nobody pushes back. I mean, we had the the the, the head of NATO basically say, "Yes, Trump does deserve credit. He deserves a heck of a lot of credit for, uh, you know, increasing, uh, uh def, you know, def, for, for commitments to to NATO by the member states." I mean, they, nobody nobody takes them on. They're afraid. And the British, for all the setup of this, the, the, the way that the, the May government engineered this to allow him to avoid London and the massive protests that are dominating the, the, the TV screens there, literally red carpets rolled out for him, the royal meeting that he's got on Friday. Uh, Terry, it, it, are the Brits shocked by this, or are they in the same boat that we are all are in, where you, you're sort of surprised, but you shouldn't be anymore because it, it just keeps happening? It does seem like they've tried to do everything they could to try to 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 to, um, to smooth things over and to uh, assuage the president's ego and to make him feel important and, and loved and all those things, and this is how they get thanked. Well, I, I think it's even it's even worse. This is a country where politeness and courtesy, right through the classes, is is very important, a very important value here. Uh, you you know, you don't voice in rude fashion what you think of your host. You don't stab them in the back as many people see it here. It, it, it's a shock. Americans in general are shocking to, to, to the English and, and the British more broadly because we are so free wheeling. That's who we are. He is openly called on television by various uh, pundits, a horrible, awful person. They, you know, that happened to other U.S. presidents, too. This is not new with, with Donald Trump. But he does not do himself any favors. Okay, so Terry, we know you have to go. Uh, a lot's still happening uh, on this trip. But your next stop is Helsinki. Can you give us, can you give us the Moran take? What are we going to see with this Putin summit? I'm going to be watching the body language. You know, one thing that I've seen Putin up close a few times, shook his hand. He's not a physically confident man. 
You know, he's it's odd. You think with that? I've seen him. Oh, wait a minute, I've seen him ride a horse uh, shirt? without yeah. his shirt on. I've yeah. seen the guy score five goals in a hockey game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seven. I think what seven? Okay, whatever it was. Yes, because in in person he's a little fidgety. He's a little. He doesn't look people in the eyes. A little fidgety. He can't figure out where to put his hands. You know, a, a naturally kind of. Look at how Donald Trump walks into it. There's a swagger to him, right? There's a there's a physical confidence there uh, that 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 Putin doesn't have. And yet, one of the things that I think concerns people is that Trump is fancies himself an alpha male, but he seems to go all beta when it comes to talking about. Uh, Vladimir Putin, his voice goes up a little bit. You say, "Why well, can't we be friends?" Yeah, everybody's like, "I'm going to say." His voice goes up a little bit, and I'm going to watch the body language. And then beyond that, substantively, he, he does he surrender Crimea and Eastern Ukraine? I think the whole of Europe is concerned, and I think at the, the bottom line, like it or not, Europe, like it or not, America, Donald Trump is reorienting American foreign policy from a. Uh, a very close alliance with the Western democracies. He is de-emphasizing those alliances, and he is getting closer to the Kremlin. As a matter of policy, that is where the president is leading. All right, Terry Moran, joining us from London. Uh, thanks a lot, Terry. We'll talk to you again soon. You bet, guys. Thanks. Remember when Terry was in Washington a couple of days ago because the Supreme <laughs> yeah, Court was a big yeah, deal? What a yeah. <laughs> He's all over the place. What a week. Uh, that's a, uh, Terry's closing point is is a really good one, and yet... It's just it's amazing to hear the president talk about it because he just states over and over again as an absolutely undeniable fact that he is much tougher on Vladimir Putin and Russia than anybody maybe ever. He said he suggested today. I mean, forget Reagan and an evil empire stuff. I mean, where do we just, he just says it. But um, and and there are. I mean, it is true uh, that some when you ask the White House to you know what's he talking about, they will mention the expelling of the Democrat of the, of the, of the Democrats. <laughs> you may have like <laughs> that too. We'll uh, the, the you know expelling uh, the uh, the Russians Russian uh, you know embassy personnel intelligence officers after the uh, the poisoning in um, in Great Britain. They'll mention the uh, the airstrikes on on Syria. They'll they'll. You know, they'll, they, they've got a few things to say. And the president's actually they, uh, approved uh, lethal weapons to uh, sales to Ukraine. There are things that he has done that on the substance, if you take away the rhetoric, you know, are actually tougher than what we saw. I think we can say – I think we can say this than under Obama. I mean, sure. they, they, certainly on, on Syria, on the lethal assistance to Ukraine, both things that Obama considered and, and, and opted not to do. But the broader realignment, I think, is unmistakable. I mean, it's unbelievable, of course. And, and I think, I, I think to try to to try to encapsulate some some of the broader issues this week, the way that the president draws vindication, validation from what he hears from his own base, it's unfathomable to us, John, having covered these guys for a long time, to see how 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 much of the Republican Party is willing to go along with this realignment. But the spectacle, and I do call it a spectacle, of what played out on Capitol Hill Thursday, of an FBI agent. Uh, being interrogated for the genesis of an investigation, we know all about uh, Peter Strzok's texts and about the about the about the biases that were exposed in those. But is it Strzok or, or Strzok? We're going with Strzok. Strzok. Is that what we're doing? It's official. It's not Strzok. Definitely Strzok. It, it, we know about all of that, but the way that the the Republicans in Congress have decided to prosecute the Russia investigation itself, questioning the underpinnings of the investigation at the very moment the president is headed to meet with Vladimir Putin for what we don't even really know 
is I think it's an important moment to, to remember why the president, where the president gets his confidence from. Because when he sees this, it, it vindicates his worldview. It says to, to him that he's doing the right thing. And yes, we're going to say that presidents haven't done this before, and this is, un, this is unprecedented, and you don't do this with allies, all those things. He thinks, he believes, because he's got people that are backing him up on this, that he's on the right path. And because the news never stops flowing, but we, we are committed to getting the podcast out, to being in, in touch with, with our listeners. And by the way, we appreciate each and every one of you. And I, I'm told there are there are millions uh, out there, uh, Rick. Uh, we are about to sign off, and there's about to be another major news event. Uh, Rod Rosenstein is uh, uh, having a press conference. Uh, my understanding, and um, I can say that by the time people are hearing this podcast, we will know. So we, this way you'll be able to tell me if I am right. But I believe we are going to see more indictments of foreign nationals uh, uh, coming out of the Mueller investigation. And my strong suspicion here, based on somewhat informed suspicion, is that we are going to see indictments of foreign nationals related to the hack of the Podesta emails, uh, perhaps the DNC emails as well. But uh, I think it's going to be another interesting – the timing is amazing, uh, given that we're about to to go into a summit meeting with with Vladimir Putin. But uh, but I'm fascinated. And with that tease, we've got to go cover the news because it's happening. And where are you going to be Sunday morning? Uh, Sunday morning, I am going to be – anchoring a program called This Week with George Stephanopoulos. Uh, I'm going to have a reporter co- helping at me at the top of the show named George Stephanopoulos, uh, who's going to be in Helsinki. And we have got, um, I think, a, uh, a stellar show. I don't even want to let you know yet who the guests are because we've got a great a great This Week coming up on, on, on Sunday. So thank you for listening for the entire Powerhouse Politics team, Susie Liu, uh, Liz Brown-Kaiser, uh, Angie Yak, uh, Avery Miller, help me out. Uh, Trevor Hastings, uh, I think I think David Ryan somewhere out there still helps us on occasion. Uh, thank you for thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Uh, we will be back soon. <laughs>